The True Crime Click is a podcast intended for mature audiences only. Topics commonly discussed include violence, assault, and murder. Listener's discretion is advised. The views expressed in the following episode do not necessarily reflect the views of the True Crime Click podcast. As always, all accused are innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. Hi everyone, I'm Hannah. And I'm Allie. And together we're the True Crime Click. We are back with our third episode of the TCC. So today we're going to talk about Marquise Coleman. Is this human out of Alabama as well? Actually, no. Um, Marquise Coleman was born to Tanisha Coleman on February the 11th in 2002 in St. Paul's, a small town in Robeson County, North Carolina. Marquise had two older siblings, Marquisha, who was seven when Marquise was born, and Marquez, who was just shy of two. So we have Marquise, Marquez, and Marquisha in that order. And they all go by um, nicknames very similarly. So Marquisha, they just, it's just Quisha. Um, Marquez, just Quez. And Marquise, just Quise. Still, still very confusing. <laughs> and all I can think about is I have a bajillion siblings and our names are completely different. And my mom still mixes this up like all the time. <laughs> and I do it with my own kids. So. Oh yeah. I have a, I have a Tucker and a Charlie. <laughs> and I am all over. Chucker, Char, Char, I can't get it out. Um, so yeah, yeah I can you, just, only imagine. you just have to respond to whatever you get. You know what I mean? <laughs> so Tanisha was a single mother, and she worked really hard to give her kids a great life and even had the help and support of her mother, Janet, who lived with them, and her grandmother, Frances, who lived just next door until she passed away in 2018. So even though they didn't have that father figure in their life, they always knew that they were loved. They always had, you know, like this little tribe around them. And Tanisha encouraged her kids to pursue their passions, including sports, which is where Quise found his calling. Quise started playing sports when he was six years old, and though he played baseball and basketball, it was football where he really stood out. He was just an absolute natural and worked really, really hard, and by the time he was a senior in high school in 2019, he led the St. Paul's High School Bulldogs as their star running back. According to the Fayetteville Observer, Quise averaged 180 yards per game and rushed for 106 or more yards in every game of the 2019 season, including six games with more than 200 rushing yards. Wow. His senior year also included three games with at least four touchdowns, finishing the season with an 8-3 to record. So when Quise was offered and accepted a full-ride scholarship to Fayetteville State University in the spring of 2020, no one in this small community was surprised at all good for him i know just a small town kid who worked really hard and was just going after his dreams right and though no one was surprised that quise was offered this you know awesome opportunity at um, fayetteville state university 
what did surprise a lot of people, um, myself included, was Quise's attitude. Um, according to everyone that knew him, Quise was a humble and kind-hearted natural leader who credited all of his success on the field with hard work and perseverance rather than just God-given ability. Um, he had the mindset that if he could do it, anybody could do it. I love those kinds of kids, man. I'm a sport mom. I, my kids play all sports all the time. And I I just love when you've got a team of kids or ki- just a kid in general that just has that God-given talent. And they're just humble about it. It's just it's refreshing. <laughs> you don't see it very often. That is so true. In the fall of 2020, Quise began classes at FSU, but due to COVID-19, the football season was canceled. So by the time July of 2021 rolls around, Quise is home on summer break and just beside himself with excitement about finally putting on that blue jersey in the fall. See, Quise had aspirations of playing in the NFL, and based on what his coaches and his teammates have said, and even some of the players from opposing teams, he had that drive that was going to get him there. And he knew playing his heart out in college was like the first step in getting him there. On July the 29th of 2021, Quise decides to go to a friend's house in the 800 block of North Alford Road, just outside of St. Paul's, North Carolina. Because this is an ongoing investigation and the police have not released his friend's name, we're going to call him Damien. Quise packs a backpack, grabs his TV and Xbox because he's going to stay at his sister's house when he leaves Damien's. And once he gets there, Quise and a few friends, including his own cousin, start hanging out just like you'd picture it in your mind. Just talking and laughing and listening to music and being kids. And they are having a great time. That is until just before 2.40 a.m. when all hell breaks loose. It's at 2.41 a.m. that this 911 call occurs. Was that the dispatcher? That's right. Towards the end, she was saying thank you. They got it as far as like the address. Yeah. Okay. That was what I, I, it was very faint and very hard to hear. But I think what I got from it was they said there, somebody shot up the house and they shot her cousin. Mm -hmm. Right. You're right. It's very muffled. Okay. Very muffled. Um, But the caller is 
Quise's cousin, whose name has been redacted. She tells dispatch that someone shot up the house and that her cousin, 19-year-old Marquise Coleman, has been shot several times in the chest. Now, once they realize that it's taking quite a while for the ambulance to get there to the house, um, it ended up taking over 11 minutes from the time that the 911 call was placed for them to arrive. Um, Quise's friends load him into his cousin's car and haul ass to the hospital themselves. At some point in the chaos, they end up calling Tanisha, who just misses the phone call. Um, So they call her friend Crystal, who immediately calls Tanisha again, and this time she answers. Crystal tells Tanisha that Quise has been shot, and Tanisha jumps up, wakes Janice, and ultimately they end up heading to the hospital. Um, There was some confusion of whether they should go to the house or should they go to the hospital, what they should do. And on the way there, the car that Quise is in, Quise's cousin's car, passes his mother and his grandmother just before they get to the hospital, and they arrive about the same time. Um, Now, upon arrival to the ER, it doesn't look good, but the doctors are continuously, you know, trying to do all that they can do. And in this time, the ER is flooded with Quise's family and friends. Now, keep in mind, this is 3 a.m., so it's not like, you know, it's like regular daylight hours. I mean, he's got a ton of people that love and support him, and I just thought that, I thought that was really, really, really cool. Um, so, they discovered that Quise has been shot five times in the chest, and though, despite all of the doctor's efforts, um, Quise is actually pronounced dead at 3.36 a.m. on July the 29th. As a mom, I'm just, mm. oh gosh. I mean, all these cases, but I just, it's just heartbreaking. I can't imagine. It's awful. So later that day, the police go to the scene there on Alford Road, and they discover that 20 rounds have been fired into the trailer, as well as Quise's car. Um, so there were shots fired into both the front and the back of the trailer from two nine millimeter handguns. Was he the only one shot? Yes, Quise was the only one that sustained any injuries. So, did they think it was targeted or happenstance that he was the only one shot? Well, the answer to that is yes and no. While police almost immediately determined that this was a targeted attack, they don't believe that Quise was the intended target. See, just two weeks before Quise's murder, Damien, Quise's friend, whose house he was at, was involved in what is presumed by police to be a gang-related shooting at a local gas station. So Damien and another individual who we're going to call Travis shot at a car as it was leaving the gas station, allegedly right? And both were arrested and charged with firing a firearm in the city limits. So while Damien was arrested and released on a thousand dollars bond, Travis was actually kept in jail because he, in getting arrested, had violated the terms of a previous release. So going back just a few days prior to this, he, Travis, was arrested for possession of a firearm which he was not allowed to have because he is out on bail at this point for first-degree murder. 
which he was arrested for in 2019. So, dude has been out on bail at this point for two years, been arrested twice in a month. So, they keep him in jail. So, the police believe that Quise's shooting has something to do with the gas station shooting, right? Of course. They were definitely after a target, but... So, this whole, like, being out on bail thing for like a significant period of time kind of piqued my interest um, just because as a paralegal, I haven't seen that a whole lot. Um, A few of our like capital murder clients that the attorneys that I have worked for have represented, they were not out on bail for, you know, years and years and years. If their trial took a significant amount of time, they were still in jail. They weren't released or allowed to bond out and have this trial just be ongoing, ongoing. Um, But in research for this case, I learned that this is not unusual for Robeson County. See, Travis, when he was arrested in 2019, he was also arrested with another individual who was also allowed to bond out. And this guy was arrested again in November of last year for killing his own brother, allegedly. And the stories go on and on, even including Quise's own godbrother, Jamil. He was murdered in 2016 on the same road where Quise was murdered on North Alford Road. And his killer turned himself in. And he has been out on bond for six years. And these are all either capital or first-degree murder charges, which in the state of North Carolina is punishable, if they're found guilty, punishable by capital punishment, meaning the death penalty, or life in prison without the possibility of parole. So these are like big charges to be out for like indefinitely. So I just thought that was very weird. I thought that was very weird. That was very weird to me. Also, something important to note, in Robeson County is a large rural county. However, they're very small in population, in terms of population. So why that's important is that Robeson County has one of the highest crime rates, violent crime rates in the state. A small population is accounting for a massive amount of the violent crime in North Carolina. So as far as Quise's case directly, Major Damien R. McLean, the Chief of Criminal Investigations for the Robeson County Sheriff's Office, has this to say, quote, During the investigation, there have been individuals who are not being honest or will not come forward with critical information. Mr. Coleman's case is very solvable. There are individuals who say they were friends to Mr. Coleman and cared about his family, but continue to withhold valuable information. If the individuals would show courage and come forward, Ms. Coleman could have her day in court with the criminals who took the life of her son. Now, currently, there is a $10,000 reward for anyone that has information that lead to the arrest of Marquise Coleman's murderers. And anyone with any information about the case is asked to contact the Robeson County Sheriff's Office Homicide Division at 910-671-3170 or 910-671-3100. And also, if you would like to contribute to this 
reward um, that would lead, hopefully, to an arrest, um, we will have an option for you to do so below. Now, Marquise Coleman was a bright and talented young man who had just an unbelievable future in front of him, and his life was cut short by somebody being callous and vengeful and awful. Um, However, his legacy lives on in St. Paul's. He impacted his both younger generations and older generations. Um, His teachers have nothing but kind things to say about him. His coaches have nothing but wonderful things to say about him, as well as his teammates. And as I mentioned before, even some of the players from opposing teams, people that played with him, they said it was just a privilege to play with him. It was a privilege to play with him. That's going to make me cry. I know. I can't imagine. Yeah, I can't imagine what he would have became had he had the opportunity. Man, what a legacy. Even in 19 short years. His mom should be proud. I mean, what a great guy. Well, that wraps up our story for this week, and we will see you again next week. We're going to bring it back to Alabama next week, so we're going to go to Mobile. So, but we will see you guys later. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider leaving us a five-star review wherever you get your podcast.